What are the global security threats and how have they reached record levels? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about IBM's X-Force 2010 Mid-Year Trend and Risk Report. We're talking with Tom Cross, the manager of X-Force Advanced Research. Tom, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Tom, for people who aren't familiar with this report, could you tell a little bit about it and about the um, X-Force team? Well, we're a team that studies computer security vulnerabilities and exploits on the Internet uh, for IBM, uh, and we uh, we have a vulnerability database with uh, every vulnerability disclosure going back for 15 years or so. Uh, we've got um, uh, tens of thousands of sensors of all over the world that are detecting attack activity, uh, and we also uh, try to sign up for as much spam as we can get so we can get a complete picture of uh, what kind of bad stuff is happening out there on the Internet, and we compile all this information and publish a report with some statistics that show you uh, how attacks and threats are changing. You're just announcing the mid-year trend and risk report. What are the headlines? Well, to, to me, one of the most important statistics is the fact that there has been uh, a 37% increase in the volume of uh, computer security vulnerability disclosure uh, during the first uh, six months of this year. Uh, that means that folks uh, here on my team are working a lot harder because we're having to catalog all those vulnerabilities and also make sure that our uh, customers are protected against attacks that target them. Uh, also, uh, you know, throughout the IT industry, that means people are doing more patching, more updating, um, and, uh, you know, hopefully w what this represents is the software industry getting more serious about finding and fixing security bugs uh, in their software. And so uh, we hope that that's the reason that we're seeing a lot more disclosure this year. Um, another, uh, uh, you know, thing that we've been seeing uh, for the past uh, uh, six months is an increased interest in, uh, you know, advanced persistent threats, uh, uh, really s uh, sophisticated attackers uh, that, that have, uh, that are breaking into a, a wider array of computer networks. It used to be that really only network administrators that worked for government agencies would be needed to concern themselves with uh, state-sponsored uh, people trying to break into their computer networks, but actually today a lot of uh, private sector uh, entities and corporations and other organizations are are facing those same problems and, and uh, uh, it's something that the industry is, is really struggling to uh, come to terms with so uh, that's something that uh, we talk about in the report um, a, a third uh, a thing I, I, I direct your attention to is, is some of the statistics related to uh, virtualization vulnerabilities. Uh, that's something that a lot of people are uh, gravitating toward. Um, uh, you know, as Moore's Law improves the power of computer systems, there's a lot of value that can be had from having multiple workloads on the same physical machine. But uh, one of the questions is uh, whether you can share those uh, workloads safely uh, or uh, even if they have different security requirements. And our data shows that uh, there are, in fact, uh, significant uh, security vulnerabilities that affect uh, virtualization infrastructure uh, that could potentially be used by someone to uh, uh, spread control of one uh, virtual server within a, a physical system to control the other uh, virtual servers in that same system. So that's something that people need to keep in mind when they're architecting uh, virtualization. Tom, when you look at the vulnerabilities and the attacks, what surprises came from the data that you analyzed? Well, well, like I, I said, the, uh, uh, the 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 jump in vulnerability disclosures was a big surprise. Uh, last year, the volume of 
total vulnerability disclosures was down 11% after 2008, and we really thought that we'd sort of rounded the corner there. Um, we Last year, we saw significant decreases in the volume of SQL injection vulnerabilities that were disclosed, as well as ActiveX control vulnerabilities in the browser. Uh, and those are two areas that have been subjected to a lot of attack activity. Um, and so uh, we thought maybe some of the low-hanging fruit in those areas have been plucked, and uh, you know we were really seeing uh, um, uh, you know hopefully a, a decline that would be sustained. Um, so uh, the fact that the uh, the numbers have jumped back up, uh, and we've seen a reversal. Uh, you know to us was was pretty surprising. Um, and uh, we've also we're we're continuing to see a decrease in ActiveX control vulnerability disclosures, but we're seeing more SQL injection bugs getting disclosed. Uh, SQL so web application vulnerabilities. Uh, now constitute more than half of the security vulnerabilities that are uh, in, that are being disclosed. Uh, so, so that's a really significant area of security. And, and uh, uh, SQL injection um, is it, a class of web app vulnerabilities. Those have been uh, increasing, uh, you know, substantially. So, so uh, I, I, there's more of those bugs yet to find and fix. Tom, one of the things that jumped out to me is the decrease in phishing attacks. To what do you attribute that decrease? Well, uh, so so sometimes we know and sometimes we don't. Uh, phishing seems to have waxed and waned over the past uh, three years. Uh, we we saw this big you know increase in volume in 2008, and then a big drop off, and then we saw another increase in 2009, and then another big drop off, um, and we really haven't seen a resurgence since then. Uh, although we think it's total, it's certainly possible that you might see a, a big increase in phishing attacks later on this year. It's possible that uh, so. So one of the things that um, you ask is whether or not these phishing groups got arrested. Um, and when um, when law enforcement agencies uh, uh, bust these guys, they have a tendency to put out press releases. So we usually know when that happened. Um, and and uh, we we don't have any uh, evidence to suggest that that's what happened in 2009. It's possible that uh, uh, those guys retired or, or decided to get involved in some other kind of crime or something. Um, but uh, uh, we we know that uh, there was a small uh, sort of blip if. You well, during 2010, where uh, uh, in March and April, we saw a little increase in, in the volume of fishing, not uh, at the volumes that we saw in 2009, but certainly more than we had been seeing in 2010. Um, and then that blip uh, dropped back off in April. Um, and uh, we know that that was the, or we, we, we were strongly, uh, we feel strongly that that was likely the consequence of a particular fishing group uh, uh, that were arrested and that there, and, and, you know, there were press releases that went out when that occurred. So, um, what all of this is sort of telling us is that we think that there are actually a fairly small number of people out there that are responsible for a large amount of the criminal activity that we see on the Internet. Now, one of the things I noted there is that financial institutions, of course, remain the number one phishing target. When you look at your data, do you find news like that that is specific to industry sectors, for instance, financial services or healthcare or government agencies even? Uh, well, well, certainly, um, uh, you know, different industries have uh, unique problems because they all have different kinds of data uh, that they that they're storing, and those kinds of data are of interest to different classes of attackers. Uh, so. Um, you know, obviously, say retail companies have a lot of information like credit card numbers, and there's certain group, attacker groups that are interested in targeting that information. Uh, a healthcare company has uh, uh, consumer records, and um, they can be used for identity theft. So there's a different uh, uh, sort of constellation of bad guys that target those uh, those kinds of organizations. And of course, governments have uh, you know a, a totally different ball of wax that they have to deal with. 
Now you're announcing these results right away. For someone from a, a business or a government organization reading this report, how should they read this and how should they respond to the results? Well, we hope that uh, it helps them understand a little bit better, uh, you know, where security vulnerabilities are and, and where uh, uh, attacks are, are targeting. And we're trying to highlight different areas that we think have been uh, a, a significant focus for us so that they uh, can, you know, in X-Force, we deal with computer security vulnerabilities every single day. We live and breathe this stuff. Um, and so we got a pretty good sense of, uh, you know, what kinds of um, uh, attack activity you're likely to see on the Internet. Uh, and, and we want to get that that perspective out into the world so that other people can uh, uh, you know can share and, uh, and and know know more about uh, you know what to expect on their networks and and hopefully that helps them prioritize their efforts in terms of how they're trying to protect their uh, computer networks so what, what are the areas that they need to focus on uh, you know they need to focus on attacks against uh, uh, things like PDF readers they need to focus on uh, uh, they need to focus on web application vulnerabilities some of the stuff that we've been talking about on that our report highlights tells you uh, where the weaknesses are that the bad guys are going to go after and um, uh, you know hopefully uh, th that advice will be useful to people who are who are who have the job of, uh, of going after it and stopping that activity from occurring and the follow-up to that Tom is how does IBM's X-Force team respond to these results what do you do next well, uh, you know what we do um, is, is try to figure out how we can put a, a better and report out uh, next time. So, uh, you know, all of whenever you ask questions, so we have all these data sources that I mentioned before, our vulnerability database, all of the exploit uh, activity that we're seeing, um, and we put this report together with, uh, you know, different questions that we thought would be interesting to ask of this data, and whenever we get through one of these reports, we look at it and we say, you know, you know it would be interesting to try to explain, uh, uh, you know, this area a little bit better or that area a little bit better. So we go back to our data sources and we try to figure out how to collect additional and take new perspectives on it uh, so that we can come up with, uh, uh, you know, better insights next time. And so that's, um, that, that process has already begun. We got a list of uh, uh, questions that we want to try to answer for our um, year-end report, which we publish uh, uh, early in 2011. Very good, Tom. I appreciate your time and your insights today. Thank you so much. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. We've been talking to Tom Cross, manager of the X-Force Advanced Research We've been talking about the IBM X-Force 2010 Mid-Year Trend and Risk Report. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.